rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein, powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Aths. It most certainly is a very warm welcome wherever you might be right around Australia on the SCN network. There is a lot going on, of course. Make sure you get to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Get your protein because no one enjoys protein more than my man, Actually, whereabouts in the world are you, Jay Steezy? I don't know what to call you because you have a new nickname or the way we pronounce your name depending on the geographical location. Where are you right now? Oh, currently in the Middle East, Cameron. Apparently. I like to refer, yeah, I like to refer myself as John Bin Stephenson. You know what I mean? So it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's it's nice out here, brother. I'm a, I'm a man of the people, a man of the world, Cameron. John Bin Stephenson, you are an idiot. <laughs> bin Steph. Oh, you know how, are you, how are you, Bin Steph? Are you good? Uh, I'm good, my brother. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, I'm oh. on the come down, man. I'm on the skids today. What's I'm on happening? the come down. Oh, I just, you know, world championships were such a high. Yep. So much great things going on for Australia and Australian athletes and the world of athletics. Oh. Um, you know, it's, it's always that that aftermath after you have such a great time anywhere in life, Cam. You have a bit of a come down. But nonetheless, <laughs> we've got a fantastic show on today and I'm uh, looking forward to uh, uh, deep diving into a couple of uh, cool <laughs> issues. We've got our main man on, haven't we, today? Mate, you've got one of your boys on. Yes, we sure did, Mr. Andrew Fakeney. I can't wait to grill him, Cameron. Oh, I've got a lot of questions for the big fella. No, I'm just, oh, I'm yeah. just joking. He's, he's, he's a good man. He's done extremely well, yes. so I don't know what I can grill him on. But uh, but no, no, I'm looking forward to chatting with oh. Andrew. He's done a fabulous job over the last few years and uh, interested to get his uh, his thoughts and everything. Before we get into the weekend, which there was two Diamond League meetings, are you okay or at least do you sit comfortably and do you like the idea that we are so quickly back into Diamond League. So the World Championships finishes on the weekend and three or four days later, really, we're back into Diamond League. We had two over the course of the weekend. Do you like the idea of it as an athlete or as a as a fan? Or do you would you like maybe a weekend off for these athletes to decompress, take a big deep breath, wherever they might be around the world and be able to then gear themselves up for the back of the season? What do you make of the short turnaround? Uh, it's it's uh, for from an athlete's point of view, Cam it's really fantastic because now the pressure's off, right? Everyone knows that every year you plan for a championships and you mm. plan to win the championships because that gives you the best commercial outcome for your brand and for yourself and is the most rewarding financially. Then comes postseason where now you get invited to these Diamond League meets if you've had a great world championships where you can actually have a bit of fun in the, in the circuit and actually make a bit of money as well. So a lot of athletes do enjoy sort of doing the back end of the circus. They call it sort of the cash grab. Mm. Um, the athletes that had a great world championship and, and, and that have had a long European season normally just end up going home. Um, and some athletes use it as, okay, I get to go to China. I can have a bit of a holiday. I can race. I can make some money and then I can go home. So um, what you do see, you either see, Athletes that perform really well at world championships get to a Diamond League post-world and not perform as well. Or an athlete that didn't perform as well at world championships go to a Diamond League and perform extremely well because the pressure's off and maybe they can right some of their wrongs. And actually, let's, let's start with Lyndon Hall because that's exactly what she did. She didn't run to her standard, of which I, I think I have no mm-hmm. doubt after having a chat to her on this show, she was bestowing on herself the expectation she had into the world championship. She didn't quite get it right. And I quote her here after she ran really fast, her second fastest time ever 
uh, over the weekend. And I quote, I'm really relieved to get that time on the board and show off the fitness I knew I had in Budapest, but unfortunately wasn't able to get it right last week. While it was a little messy through the first 600 or so, I was really pleased with how I navigated the race and put myself in a good position to finish strong. She ran really well on the weekend and the quick turnaround is perfect for someone like her because she did underperform based on how great she actually is. No, she ran fantastic. I watched that race cam and um, I thought where she put herself with a lap to go, she was aggressive. Um, I was a bit worried, like one and a half laps to go where she was sitting and then she find herself where she pushed up the front and sat third and she was really aggressive with 300 metres to go and, and just started chipping uh, chipping away at, at the girls in front of her and um, and then end up finishing really strong. Um, where I'm disappointed, Linda, is that she's an experienced campaigner and how she ran a world championships was, was uh, no way, shape or form an indicator of how good she is. Um, I, I know her and her coach, Ned, will be looking at that and trying to figure out you know, where did they go wrong at a championship? This is championship running and it's, it's all good and well to run well at one day races and to look as good as what she did um, a couple of nights ago. But if you're not winning championships and you're not, and you're not there making a final, then, I mean, I don't know, what are you doing the sport for? You know, I mean, we do it for championships. We do it to, to, to get medals. And besides the love of it and all the nice things that come with this new world we live in and being happy with every performance we do, in her heart, in her coach's heart, they're planning to win world championships. Mm -hmm. They're planning to win Olympic games. Um, so, I mean, you know, even Katarina ran well post world championships as well. So I know Ned's a great guy. He's a great coach. I know he's sitting, scratching his head, trying to figure out where, where did they get it wrong for the championships? That does not mean they're not great athletes. That does not mean they didn't run well all year, but they'd have to be sitting back and saying, we have to start winning medals because they're, they're more than capable to become medal winners at championships. I think the thing with that is, and we'll start with Lyndon with the 1,500 metres. I don't think there's ever been greater depth than there has been in women's middle distance racing than right now. So if you essentially in a semi-final or a heat or even a final, because that's where Lyndon Hall is, as you touched on, she's right there in the, uh, the creme de la creme. The fact is if you put one step wrong, you tactically don't get it right. If you're 1% off... It's the difference between making the final, possibly being on the podium, and then getting run out much earlier than, than, than really she should have, right? So that's a disappointing thing with it. So uh, there is no doubt she'd be incredibly disappointed, but they have been able to work out going forward towards Paris to make sure whatever wrongs there were in Budapest, they right them. And I think what happened couple of days ago in Diamond League goes a little way of being able to prove that even when things don't necessarily go 100% to plan, like it didn't early in the race with Lyndon, the fact she was able to pick herself up within the 1,500 metres and still run well proves a little bit to her. But you are right. But there's just so much depth, Johnny Steph, or sorry, Bin Steph, or whatever you're calling yourself. The, the <laughs> fact is that the moment, the moment you put one little foot wrong, in the, and men's is the same. Stu McSwain started to work himself into some type of form after a, a, an interrupted start to the season. But if you are not at 100% ready to go in every single heat, semi, and final, you're going home early. And that's the middle distance depth of which we have in those particular races. But Cam, Noah Lyle said it best, man. This is this is the championship of the world. Yep. 
<laughs> you're racing against the world's best. You know what you're signing up for nine months before world yep. championships. And that's why I'm putting pressure on Lyndon. Mm -hmm. She's not a, a young uh, athlete. She's, you know, you know, she's sort of right in the middle of her, uh, her uh, uh, sort of top end of her career. Um, she, Lyndon knew what she signed up for, right? Um, you know, you're racing. She's racing against the world's best day in, day out. We said it you know, at all the diamond leagues um, and you understand championship running is about putting three good races and some events, putting two good races together, making sure you find yourself in the final and then leaving that, that 10% extra you need, like all the great champions do like the Nina Kennedys, like the Curtis Marshalls, like uh, the Mackenzie Littles um, and the list goes on that, that found that extra gear. And that's what, that's why we love world championships and Olympic games. I'm not discrediting Lyndon. I'm no, not saying that, get that she is, she's not a great athlete. I'm not saying she cannot win. Mm. She can most definitely win. And I'm not saying the depth is not hard. I'm not saying she's in a blue ribbon event, Lyndon. It's one of the hardest events in the track running the 1500 meters, um, in both men and women. Um, so I completely agree with you. But I'm saying from a point of view, from an athlete, from a coach and from the inner hub and may, and how she should be feeling as an athlete is that, hey, I need to really make sure I figure out what's going on with my championship running style because my one-day running style, I'm killing it. When it comes to the championship, something is off there and I don't know what it is, but I need to try and figure it out because I've, I've done it before. I know how to make finals. I need to go out there and win a medal. And um, and, I, and I'm sure she will. And I have all the belief that she will um, come Paris. Did it take you time to understand the difference? Not understand the difference, but to be able to tweak the differences. Did you have a particular way of which you ran maybe at a major championship better than you ran at one day or, or, or likewise? Did you have any of these and you would have at some point have these kind of concerns or issues. Yeah, most definitely. And that's what I'm speaking from experience. Mm. I'm not grandstanding here, putting um, and, and, and judging Lyndon for, for what she, I'm talking from a, from a person Absolutely. That, that had to make those adjustments and make those changes. I mean, I remember world championships in 2005 was my first final. And I remember getting to the final and I was emotionally drained and I came last. They just ran away from me. Um, and, and I, and I had to figure out eight months later at Commonwealth games, how to win the thing. Right. And I was able to do that. And now I had a very good coach and we worked out what championship running was compared to one day racing was. And the emotional toll, more than the physical toll that it takes on you through putting three rounds together is amazing. And that's why you love your saying bolts and your Carsten Worms and, and your Duplantis. And, um, and, and again, the list goes on when you look at these athletes and how they're just able to step up every time a final comes. Um, and that's something I wanted to be. And that's why I'm saying this is, I'm sure this is what Lyndon wants to achieve. Um, no athlete, he starts the sport, trains as hard as what she does or he does and not want to be that. Right. So, um, but you have to learn it. And I remember I made the final at world championships and I was walking back to the warm-up track and my coach, John Smith, um, I looked at him and, and he walked over to me and he goes, how did you go? And I looked at him like, oh, what? <laughs> like you didn't watch my race. Like, like, what are you talking about? I made the final. And he just said to me, good, go warm down and get ready for tomorrow. And it hurt me for years. I'm thinking my coach doesn't care about my running the way I do. And a couple of years later, after Juan Comos, I asked him, I said, coach, why did you do that to me? It really affected me why you did that. And he said, John, I wanted you to understand that um, when you come to a championship, yeah, I expect you to make a final and I expect you to medal. Um, this is not something that we, we celebrate or happy for. This is what we train all year for. Um, and that's what our job is to do, is to make the final and then to win. So, um, and that was something that he instilled into me. And then we practiced through our training, you know, throughout my career. So um, there's athletes that you'll see um, compete twice in a circuit. Sydney McLaughlin's one of them. 
and just get ready for championships. And there's other athletes who run a lot of diamond leagues um, and prepare themselves that way, but more the collegiate style and get ready for a championship and still do well at championships. So it's a balancing act, Cam, and that's what makes championship running so, so, so cool. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to – I know, look, I know Lyndon and, and those athletes that didn't sort of get the most out of themselves at Worlds will, will take the, the where they can improve and, um, and come back Paris bigger, better than ever. In that situation – did you think you could medal in 2005? Like deep down yourself, did you think you could medal or did you have satisfaction with just making the final? Like deep down. Deep, deep, deep down? Yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah, I did. I was I was that delusional. If you look at it, look back and I, that's what I call it and and naive that that every time I stepped in the track, I felt I was the world's best. And that was just my, that was just my belief in myself. Uh, I I knew I was up against it. But I felt in my heart that every man has his day and they all bleed like I do. So if I just believe in myself and, and give him my all, uh, anything can happen. Uh, the reality was, is that I was very, very green. Mm-hmm. And I felt where I was green, I'd make up in, in self-belief. Um, looking back at it, it's completely crazy, right? Well, uh, but not, at the time... Look, just, just on that, just I don't think it is completely crazy because it wasn't like you weren't in the top eight or 10 runners in the world, right? Like, so it's not delusional if you are in that, in that realm, right? You're making the final. You're an Olympic medalist in the relay the year before. So you had major championship experience. Then you went to 2005. I'm not saying you should have won a medal. I'm simply saying, I don't think it's as delusional or naive to believe that you can medal when you're in a world championship final. I think think where the delusion comes, I mean, why I say delusional, where I think where, you've got to start convincing yourself, Cam, is the fact that when you look at personal best on paper, that's a very quick way for a track athlete to be discouraged. Mm-hmm. And this is something which we I work on with, with a lot of athletes in all different sports is really eliminating those barriers um, and really eliminating um, the, the, what you, the, the, the mindset you put yourself in based upon what happened yesterday. Because I believe that, you know, you, your body has the opportunity to, to do whatever you want, whatever the mind really tells it to, if you've done the work. Um, I felt maybe I'd only been running at that time for a year and a half. Right? Mm-hmm. So I still had, I was still very, very green. So, um, but like I said, I'm in youthism and self-belief. I'm, I, I felt I could make that up. Um, but this is in, in, in a lot of track athletes and in a lot of sports is I think we look at um, someone's credentials based upon your credentials. And that's how we limit ourselves. Um, and, and, and so I think that's where, where the delusion or, or the self-belief has to really kick in. Right. So um so I, I that 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 sort of gives you sort of the mindset on how you can fall into, geez, yeah, I'm in the final, but I don't deserve to win because so and so is a second faster than me. But that doesn't mean you can't find that second in the final because you put yourself in the final. Yeah, game. and that's championship running, right? How many times do we see the fastest athlete in a year not get the job done when the pressure is on for a multitude of reasons? Maybe the the Correct. physicality of of heats and semis and going through the three rounds or the mental side of it, of, of being the favourite or the well, hunted in the big well, event, big final? Well, we saw Van Nierkirk, who's the world record holder in the 400 metres, look sensational all year, mm-hmm. um, place eighth. I mean, who would have thought Who would have thought this? Um, and that doesn't make him a bad runner. No. That doesn't make him that he's not good enough. He will look at his training, he'll look at his injury recovery, look at how he's come back from injury, um, and and make the adjustments for Paris. He might have been very happy with eight, knowing what he's gone through in training, knowing what he's come back from, knowing that he's made a final, knowing that he ran very well 
in order to make the final. So like you said, there's a multitude of reasons here. And our job on this show is to to explain and to educate um, people that might not know track and field. And I say that every, every week. And so I love having this show. I love having this medium because it's easy for me to, to look through it through rose-tinted glasses and give you the fluff of, of athletics. But I think it's great. The more knowledge is power, the more you know about, it really allows us to celebrate when our athletes do do very well. You know what I was really happy with? Really happy. So Nina Kennedy just rolls on in, in probably the most talked about gold medal around the world, not just Australians, but the way that the pole vault in the women's ended and them hugging and saying, we're going to split it, which was something we spoke a lot about. The fact is there was a huge amount of exposure, more so than normal around Nina Kennedy. And she just rolls into Zurich and gets it done. She won Diamond League last year. She backs it up. She wins her first World Championship gold medal. We spoke to her about being the hunted on this very show, and she's handled it brilliantly. She rolls in, wins Zurich. She'll be in Eugene in a couple of weeks' time. Being able to handle all that come with being a world champion and the circumstances around it, Johnny. Sorry, Bin Johnny or Bin Steph, whatever it might be. (laughs) My point is, Nina Kennedy was incredible again. Again, and and, Mm -hmm. and, and again, and... and I'm so happy for I'm, I'm and I'm really happy for a coach. I say this every time. I'm so happy for for Paul Burgess. He's, I mean, I, we'd love to get him on the show one day and get him to tell us his story of from when he was an athlete all the way found himself to coaching. It's a marvelous story um, for him to both have Nina and Curtis Marshall uh, performing so well at a world stage. Um, Paul is one that when we talk about being able to compete at a championships. He's one that always battled at a championship to jump well throughout the season, get to a championships and battle. And this is something I know he always, he, we always talked about is about winning at a championships and, and to see him do it through his athletes is just so awesome, man. And then to watch her back it up again um, with another win, I'm pretty sure it was another strain record, uh, uh, Cam. I think she, she, she jumped 491, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Um uh, just just amazing and i'm so happy for her because she's finally getting the recognition and exposure she deserves she's been competing since a junior man like i'm talking she's been at it for a long time chipping away chipping away chipping away and to see her get not only the gold medal but now really be taken serious absolutely cam as, as, a, as a world beater mm-hmm. real cool man now we're going to go back to that particular event in around 15 minutes time because there's something from that event that i want to throw towards you but give me 15 minutes because up next One of your great mates is going to join us. And I'll be honest, I'm just going to sit back and let you two just bicker it out, banter it out, whatever we want to call it. (laughs) We're going to see it next. Wherever you might be around Australia, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, this is the House of Ats. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow, today. This is the House of Aths. John Stephenson, Cam Luke, right across the SCN network. You can get involved, 0433981116. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. And look, to be honest, John Bin Stephenson, I uh, traditionally carry you, but you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm just going to push my seat back because our next guest, (laughs) I've been waiting for you two just to banter away, man. So take it over. Take it how, over. How often, how often have I mentioned this next guest on the show about the great work that he's doing 
and how athletes is going and to finally have our man Andrew Fakeney on the line. Andrew, welcome to the show, the House of Athletics. First and foremost, before we get started, I'd like to say a massive, massive, massive congratulations to you, to all your team at Athletics Australia High Performance Team. Um, I cannot say in my 22 years involvement in the sport have I seen our team perform the way they have, not only this year, but over the last, I say, from Tokyo last two, three years. Um, I've had the luxury of uh, working alongside you, and, and I know your passion. Um, I'm so heavily critical on you, man, how many times we've had conversations in the office on different amount of things. Um, and to see just, you know, it's just the overall vibe and the joy of the athletes, let alone the medals that we're winning. Um, a massive congratulations to you, man. I know you work extremely hard, and it's fantastic to have you on the show. No, thanks, Steph. It's, uh, that's a bit of a wrap-up there, mate. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, a, uh, it's fantastic, isn't it? It's a great time for the sport, and I think we're, uh, we're just going beautifully at the moment, which is all testament to the athletes. But, uh, you know, thank you for the, uh, the congrats to the team because there's a fantastic team that sits behind those athletes as well, and I think they're, uh, they're doing an awesome job. Oh, well, well, let's talk about the team. I know um, – let, let's rewind it back. You know, we, we – we bring in you. You make them move up to uh, sort of high performance director post Christian Malcolm leaving. You and Christian are very close, leading into Doha, um, and you guys are formulating a lot of change leading up to Doha. Um, mm. And you had a lot of plans, and a lot of people don't understand. We talk on the show quite a lot about the, this strategy we're seeing come into play now was something that 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 really you and Christian sat down and said, "Hey, we need to really change how this." team looks like you were then left with a whole high performance team on your hands like christian left he went to uk athletics quite uh quite quickly yeah um, and you were left with the whole team on your hands and, and you had quite a lot to really to really chew and take on board um we then now fast forward all the way to worlds we, we go through doha we go into tokyo through covid through dealing with all that issue through commonwealth games really seeing our team starting to blossom um yeah. all into six medals at world championships our greatest ever Medal performing team at world championships. Um, how that? How has that journey been for you to galvanize not only the athletes but also the coaches as well as your high performance team to get the result you got at world championships? Yeah, look, I, I think it was. Uh, you know, it was a it was a great time to um, uh, to start with with Christian and um, you know Christian and and uh, and you were in the office a fair bit at that point in time and so forth. And so there were some others that. Uh, they were able to bring um, something that I don't have as a person is uh, that I wasn't an international athlete, and uh, and so to have a have a lens that um, comes into you know how we think about things is is really important, and we've tried to continue and develop that with with those that that sit alongside us. But um, you know, I've got to be honest. One of the one of the biggest parts that we really focused on, and we and since um, certainly. Uh, 2020, 2021 is is um, the coaches, um, and you know, good coaches are really, really important. But you know, we we had a group of athletes that were sitting there, and, and Doha was disappointing for us as a World Championships. Um, but um, but you know, the 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 time, the COVID period, I think all of our athletes and our coaches were able to to use that really well. You know, we had a benefit because. Largely, I mean, I, I, call, I speak to you here from Melbourne, but uh, you know, the majority of the uh, the majority of the the country was um, you know in a better position, shall we say, than 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 much of the world was, and uh, and so we were able to continue to you know to to do some some training and to do some um, heavy work during that period, and that helped us in Tokyo. 
And then Tokyo, you know, we, we develop belief, I think. Um, and, you know, that's the, that's the part which has, um, you know, been able to carry through. You, um, Eugene was good. Um, Birmingham was really good. Um, and then, you know, you sit there and you don't want to say too much going into, you know, this World Championships, but I'm just thinking, you know, we've got 10 or 12 athletes that can win medals. That doesn't mean we're going to get all 10 or 12, but come out with six of them, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. I, I will say this. I did text you through the championships. I think we had three medals. And I'm like, man, we're looking good for four. It'll be awesome. Uh, there, <laughs> boom, boom. It, and then you were quite humble. You're like, yeah, hey, John, look, man, I'm, we're blessed. And, you know, I'm just happy as long as athletes are healthy and we get, you know, we get another medal. It will be awesome, right? Yeah. Um, then we fast forward to six. But talking about the coaches, one coach that, is, uh, that I know is um, that you've been quite close to that is a massive fan of yours as well um, is Paul Burgess. And, 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 and the results, to see him get the results, what he got at World Championships this year, um, um, you know the backstory. I keep telling Cam, it'd be great to get Paul on our show yeah. one day. But that must make you really proud when you talk about the coaching support um, mm. and where Paul has come from five years ago and how much you've supported him to now. Um, that must make you extremely happy, Andrew. Oh, look, his, his performance or his athletes, you know, um, Curtis and, and Nina, um, oh, uh, we, we, we discussed it, um, you know, Coaches have coached an athlete to, to two medals. So um, Jared Talent won two medals at a, at a championships. Um, but I don't know how long it's been, maybe, you know, back into the 50s, um, 1950s, when, when a coach has coached two different athletes to medals at a wow. championships. And, you know, that's just a, an amazing, uh, amazing um, performance. He's got a really great team that, that works with, with him. Um, and uh, Fitz, James Fitzgerald, um, you know, works alongside uh, Budgie. But Budgie, you know, again, he brings it. Like, he's a six-metre pole vaulter himself. You know, he knows um, what it is, but he's got such a he, – he brings the art to coaching. You know, there's the science of coaching and there's the art of coaching, but he, he's certainly got the art down pat. But to, to be able to do that and the energy he brings – you know, you've seen him in the uh, in the stands. He's running all over the place, and um, you're getting excited. And yeah, I reckon if you if you gave him the pole, he'd tr- have a crack at it himself. In fact, you know, in the in the in the lead into uh, to Nina's um, uh, and Nina's uh, um, event beforehand, they had to test a couple of poles, and the big man got on uh, got on the runway. <laughs> And charged in with one just to see how the tension was. So um, yeah, that was a that was a sight to behold. As uh, those of you that um, have seen Budgie now, he's, he's probably just a few kilos uh, above his playing weight. But um, he's a big man. He's he a is, big man. He's uh, he's doing a fantastic job, you know. And and it's those sorts of um, those sorts of coaches. Like you know, we've got a really great group of uh, uh, young coaches who um, you know it's a, it's a new generation, and uh, and I think that they're able to to talk to our athletes really well. We've got this. Awesome, obviously, awesome group of, of athletes. Um, but um, you know, the, the coaching network, and we, we we can always do um, more, and we'll always work more with uh, with trying to support them. But it's really important for us. Before I pass you over to Cam, as I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to ask you questions here, uh, Andrew. Um, talk to us about that. Um, this new generation athletes, new generation of coaches. We often talk on the show about what it was like back in my day, and we were a handful, man. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you know, right? And just volatile, just really to go. But not saying our style was bad. Um, how have you? How? What? I've heard you talk about the arts and the science, and I'm loving. I'm, I'm loving talking to you, man. Because to this, to, to listen to you, Chad, and see how it, it's sensational. From you know, I, like I said, beginning of the show, I was always on your back. 
about so many things. Um, but but tell us, how is that transition been? How are you coping and dealing with that? Because you're from my vintage, man. You you mm. competed at a state level. You, you say you didn't compete at a high level. Yes, it might have been international, but you competed, all, you know, all your junior career through athletics and and um, but how how is that making that transition, Andrew? Yeah, look, it's um. I th- I, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, you've, you've got a, a different group of of people who have a different outlook in life, and and uh, um, than than we did. You know, um, like everyone everyone uses a reference point of social media because it's an easy one because it just didn't exist going back, you know, eight years, ten years, certainly not twenty years. Um, and uh, and you know, but I, I think it's I think it's more. Um, about how you find a level of communication to a new generation, you know, um, you know. When, are you when more you... firm with them? Are you are you aggressive? I do you have to do a rah rah speech with them? How is it in camp? Or is it just sort of leaving them their own devices and their own sort of, or is it a setup months leading into it? What is the change, Andrew? Yeah, look, I, I mean, certainly, I um, I would say that uh, that we've got, um, you know, I don't get in directly into um, talking, you know, nuts and bolts and, you know, so on with the athletes. I, I, I talked with the coaches, but I've also got Scott Goodman, who's our um, director of performance coaching. He's a, he's got a fantastic um, approach with uh, the coaches, with the athletes. He's, he's coached yeah, he's at, a, you know, at a, at a level to, to world championship medal himself. Um, and, uh, and he's got that approach, which is, which is fantastic. It is about trying to um, make sure that you know you trust the athletes and the coaches. Like they, they're doing it. They're putting their themselves on the line, um, and uh, they're the ones who who you know want to. You know, I was asked a question after the World Championships. Um, you know, how we're going to go? What do I expect next year at, at the Tokyo? Uh, sorry, at the Tokyo. We're going back in time at Paris Olympic Games. You know, it doesn't matter what I want what i think or what i expect the athletes now we've got athletes that win medals and you know is me wanting them to win a medal any more than them wanting to win the medal i don't think so (laughs) you know what we try and do is is support them and and uh and do what we can to to enable that to happen and and you know the the first step is 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 trying to enable those athletes you know, to, to work with their coaches as much as they can and, and, uh, and you know, um, progress along the line. And I think that's the, that's the main part of it. Andrew, you mentioned earlier about when you were transitioning into this different role and Doha in 2019, as you mentioned, wasn't anywhere near as successful as the team is right now. Can you, like, look back at, at the way certain things were done back prior to 2019, before Tokyo, and put a finger on why all of a sudden the team is clicking a lot better than what it might have four or five years ago. Um, oh, look, you know, I, I think the thing is that we've we've always bubbled along and around, mm. you know, four or five to six athletes who could medal. Mm. You know, would we get two, three, you know, even four? Um, uh, you know, we we weren't um, to that level in Doha. Um, and, you know, I think we had what, four in the top eight, I think, from memory. I, I haven't got the stats in front of me. But, you know, um, I think it, it the, the main thing, and, and, you know, I've been at Athletics Australia in different roles for a little while in the high-performance department. So, you know, it's it's not something which is... Um, uh, which is a criticism of, of where we've come from. It was just a, a, a choice of 
direction to to try and you know look at a new group of coaches um, who had been working you know really um, well you know um, Budgie had an opportunity to step Paul Burgess had an opportunity to step into that leadership role and he's now got two to, uh, of, of that coaching environment he's now got two medals um, we've got Alex Stewart who's um, coached um, Eleanor to world championship last year, um, gold medal, and then uh, um, silver this year. You know, he he was sitting outside of our system. We were able to bring him in. Um, you know, there was a there was a few of these parts who, and then what that then does is create uh, an opportunity for them to work more closely with their athletes. And ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is 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 enable that to happen. Does it give you an opportunity now? A huge twelve months ahead, of course, towards Paris, but. Is there an opportunity to just sit back for one day and just take a big deep breath and just say to yourself, you know what, we are on the right path. And so often in sport and in athletics and track and field, so much is based on the medal, right? And that's not always the right way to go about it. And clearly, you know, people do it wrong way. And us as media probably always, probably yeah. too often, do rely on the silverware or the goldware or the bronzeware that, that is brought back. But have you allowed yourself a day inside Athletics Australia to say hey, we're on the right track. We've got a lot more work to do because it's a huge 12 months. But can you enjoy it for what just happened? Uh, yeah, look, you know, you've got to take those opportunities mm-hmm. to enjoy it. You know, you, we, we were able to to celebrate that with our coaches as Good. on the way through, you know, and and it's it's a, it's a um, and, and the athletes, obviously. But, you know, we... we we, we again, we're a different generation to yeah. the athletes, and we let them celebrate in their their way with uh, with their their friends. We're able to do it with our with the coaches who are more of our colleagues, yeah. and um, and we're able to, to 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 do that because if you you know a world championship doesn't come around that often, mm. okay? So um, a world championship well, medal even well, even rarer, unless of course COVID pushes back to back world championships. Well, but exactly, normally yeah, it doesn't yeah. traditionally yeah, happen. No, no, normally it doesn't. No, <laughs> hey, it's, it's not every year on the bounce. Yeah. That is true. Just before we let you go, do, do you think it's helped athletes? Australia, of course, but athletes right across the world because of COVID. We've had Tokyo into a world championship in Eugene last year, into a Com Games, into a world championship into an Olympic game. So we're seeing major championships, bang, 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 bang. Do you think it's helped athletes gain momentum and confidence and some of the competitive fire that they may miss when they have a couple of years between major championships? Yeah, that's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing to, to think through. I, look, I, 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 I dare say that there is, you know, I mean, a lot of those, these athletes, they're on the circuit anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're competing, you know, at, um, at reasonably high level competitions um, um, annually, but to, to then actually go and put themselves on the line, which is what happens at a world championships yeah. or, or a, a Olympics or a Commonwealth games, you know, um, it, it, for, for that to happen, um they probably get in a bit more of a rhythm. It, it, it's a funny one though, you know, you look back at 2022 and we had the world championships and we got on a plane the next day and went into camp for the Commonwealth Games and and very few of our athletes um, or very few of any of the athletes were able to, if they perform well in Eugene, were then able to perform well in, mm. in Birmingham. Um, or if they didn't, um, you know, and Ollie Hawes, probably the, the, the biggest example of this, he, he didn't have the world championship he wanted to and was able to come out and be unbelievable at the uh, Birmingham uh, Commonwealth Games. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a there's a limit to it, but probably being able to do that each year, you know, it probably it probably has has certainly helped. Um, certainly with the absence of it for a period of the the, of the COVID time. 
Now, we appreciate your time. Now, I don't know where Johnny... Oh, here he is. He's come back, has he? He jumped he's out of the conversation. We're about to wrap it up. You, you, now, because he's in Bahrain, he must be known as... He told us off the he's, top of the stove as John he'll be, Bin he'll be Stephenson. He'll rocks doing something. <laughs> oh, mate. Bin <laughs> Stephenson. Have you, got, have you got a last word for your mate before... Well, thanks for coming back, by the way. Before we go to the break. It must be God's work because I was just about to get into the dirty stuff, mate. <laughs> yeah. And it cut off. The step got cut off. So uh, no no I I I I I do want to say I think um I think there's a massive uh, job ahead of for Andrew and the team. Um, he mentioned Scott Goodman. I did bump into Scott at World Championships, and Andrew's quite right. I mean he's he's uh, sensational. What he does is um in the high performance world and high performance realm. And I'm sure knowing Andrew and 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 the man that he is, that um I think he's right back in the office. Um, with his head down, trying to figure out the strategy uh, next year for cam- a camp for Paris, because um, you know what comes up must come down, and six medals is the best we've ever had. It's either going to keep going, Cam. We, we see our athletes. You know, you got your Joseph Dings, your Peter Bowles, your Lyndon Halls, Katrina Bissett. I mean, the list goes on. On on, you know, your Brooke Bushnells. The, the list goes on of, of of athletes that I believe can also medal come mm. Paris Cam. So as well as the ones that did well, and don't forget. Uh, you know, Kelsey Lee Barber's that that didn't perform mm-hmm. to where she could have at World Championships. So, um, I just want to say, Andrew, man, I am super duper proud of you, brother, and I'm glad we can say it in a forum like this. Um, I wish you all the best in the team, and um, and all you need to do now, man, which you didn't get into today, we need to get them relay teams going, brother. Yeah, <laughs> we do, now. we Come do, on, we're, we're gonna do that. Don't, don't worry do about it. that. Don't worry yeah. about that. Yeah, hey, uh, Andrew, <laughs> thank you for joining us, mate. No worries. Thanks very much. Appreciate the time. We'll get to a break. Well, Plenty well, more well. all thanks to the Chemist Warehouse on the House of the Ass next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow, today. This is the House of Aths. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse, John Stephenson, Cam Luke, 0433981116 to get involved. We are running out of time because of the great chat that we had with Andrew, but I'll ask you this. Of course, Nina Kennedy wins in Zurich, Diamond League, in a train station. It has been converted. As we know, we've seen some interesting things in world athletics in recent years. Is there somewhere in Australia that you would like to see something, a little one-off? Like there was actually trains, for people who didn't see it, there were trains on a platform like metres away from where these women were doing very fine work. Now, everyone was crowded around the uh, the mats. It was outstanding. Anywhere in Australia comes to mind for you? I mean, it was sensational. I mean, mm-hmm. and I love those street meets. And, and, you, and that's the beauty of our sport. You can do things like that, Camera. If there's a Look, you cannot say it would not be awesome to see a 100-meter sprint down the Sydney Harbour Bridge. You, you, you cannot say that yeah. wouldn't be just – or even – I think the bridge is long enough to do, a, to do an 800, you to can be do honest it. you. Longer? Even to see a, a – it would be absolutely cool. Um, I think the Opera House, the backdrop, doing a pole vault with Opera House as a mm-hmm. backdrop and the Sydney Harbour Bridge um, and the harbour would be sensational. Um, I'm being very New South Wales-centric you, you, here, um, but I'd like to see those places in Australia. And then maybe even Uluru would be sensational um, and having that backdrop there would be, would be, would be awesome, Cam. Now, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Melbourneite, but there's no doubt that that Sydney Harbour Bridge is built. And I, I was thinking about this in zero. Like, imagine you just were able to get the best sprinters in the world with Australia, commingled. 
You have a 100. These are straight races. A 100, a 200, a 400, and an 800. And that was the meat. Like, it would be remarkable. It would be very, very fun. It would be different. We'd see different types of racing, different strategy, and it would showcase. We've spoken, of course, about the Sydney Marathon on his show. It would showcase right across the world the the amazing. So I I think there is something in this. 0433981116. After Paris, you know, we've got a few years before there's another major championship. I know there's 2025 worlds, but you've, you've got an opportunity to be able to maybe think outside the square. So uh, Athletics Australia and you and I and Kemmer's Warehouse, we all get in a room and we thrash something yes. out and we have the best athletes doing remarkable things in different places. I will say this, Cam, mm-hmm. a little bit of late mail is that come Paris 2024 next year, that the opening ceremony is going to be very, very different, Cam. Hang I can't. On. Hang on. I can't go into much more. But the opening ceremony is going to be something we've never seen before. Okay. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to drip-feeding you that information as the shows go on. All right. We're going to get to a break, but is is it not in the stadium? Can you answer that question or not? I guess that's a no. All thanks to Kevin's Warehouse, (laughs) the House of Ass, plenty more next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow, today. This is the House of Aths. It is. We've got 60 seconds and all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. John Stephenson in the house or John Pin Stephenson as he's in Bahrain. Uh, 0499-736-736 or 043398-1116. Where would you like to see in Australia? In Australia, somewhere a little bit different. Hey, you know what I'm going to do now, Johnny? Are you ready for this? Make like a tree and leave? Yeah, well, I was actually going to give you my uh, my long jumpers from World Championships, but we have run out of time, so uh, we'll do it next week. Uh, we'll be back in seven days' time. Uh, hey, Johnny, <laughs> thank you, buddy. <laughs> we do it all thanks to Kemmer's Warehouse. Get the podcast, whatever you want. Fire in. Where do you want to see athletics in Australia? In a unique spot. See ya.